0: Kaua etsuki no te akona
1: moto iwi. Don't waste time, get out there and do it for the betterment of your people.
0: Enga mana inga e reo inga e karanga tunga maha ungahoe Ko Justin maria ho, kotene te hotaka
1: a te ahika. Kia ora te tewi, I'm Maraia Rakuraku, this is Te Ahika, your weekly insight into the Māori world here on Radio New Zealand National. Tippi Wehi Hanna runs Māori radio station Rio
0: FM in Ōtaki. The station started in 2008 and since then its team of 11 announcers have been filling the airwaves with passion, Māori style.
1: Now Tippi may be the boss but he doesn't for a second legs back in his high leather chair. No? He's at the forefront, taking out the rubbish, making coffee and hosting the breakfast show. Oh, and add station manager to that list as well, Maraia,
0: <laughs> where, aside from the normal day-to-day stuff, there's planning the station's growth
2: as well. We aren't funded by Te Mangaipaho. I was going to
0: ask you, yeah.
2: Karl, no, as you know, Te Paho fund 21 iwi radio yep. stations and we're not part of the 21. Um, we got an initial grant from the Puri Kōkiri to establish... Te this time round, um, which grew into Reo FM, And, yeah, so we we have to work very hard. We have to work very hard. Um, we do our own promotions, as most TV radio stations do, but when you're doing it on a shoestring budget, it makes it even harder.
1: Te paihana
0: coming up soon. Next week, there's a hui in Rotorua looking at Māori and our housing needs and how they've changed over time. Or maybe how they haven't
1: changed, Justine.
3: Uh, We haven't actually had the dialogue, the strong dialogue among our people yet around housing. And that's what the conference is about, is to start that dialogue at least um, and then to really get the the voices of the people on the ground and to ensure that our iwi leadership groups are listening to what's actually happening. Um, and how they can actually support, leverage, um, and toto so that our people aren't living in those conditions anymore.
1: One of the organisers, Kay Marie Dunn, will be joining us later on in the show. Before that, we're
0: back in Hawke's Bay, Waimarama, actually, with the Maui Challenge crew.
4: Uh, kia ora koutou, um, ko Beverly Tahoea taku Ko Taki Tumitwaka, kaha te iwi. Ko Waimarama, um, o kāinga. I'm here as oh one gosh. of the Maui le, uh, Maui legend <laughs> support crew and <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. we have yeah. put on an obstacle course oh, based no, on the no, legends like of the time? Maui. I love the time. So we've oh, got, no, starting no, with no, the no. Babuaa no. Crawl, Maui and the Kuri, oh, um, which takes us round to the rise so what's of...
1: what's the story about Maui and
4: the Kuri? How he t- transforms into a kuri. Oh, um, on, um, <laughs> one of the legends of how he can transform into different creatures including yeah, a kereru, an eel, so by having him
1: crawl under a wire fence, what you're, is, um, what you're trying to say
4: is that he's become little and that kuri is so close to the ground? Yes, and getting the competitors on all fours um, to depict the motion of the kuri. Um, Then they have the up and down hay bales, um, rise and fall of Māui. How Māui was, uh, how he um, overcome um, some you know, some um, adversities, adversities and, then and then he came down plummeted. and he was a hero and, you know, he plummeted pretty much. So that's the hay bales. Okay. They head out through the ocean, out to the ocean where Maui, um, Maui fishes up North Island. So Maui goes fishing um, to Ikao Maui. And so that's depicted as the, um, the competitors race out towards the buoy, go around the buoy. They were supposed to go and collect rocks at the bottom the weather, prev- um, you know, prohibited it from happening today because, well, just cause it just was too rough. Took the stones, the uh, yeah. tangaroa took them and <laughs> never to be seen again. Um, so they come back in, they run around the sand dunes, um, adding in those obstacles, really hot, they're wet, now they're sandy. Yeah. Um, now, I heard from my uncle, Timutekaratu, <laughs> and I have to say that because I ain't arguing with him. <laughs> he told me about Maui, um, how he turns into an ika or eel, and so we made a mud pit, and so we got them slithering through the mud, c- getting the competitors nice and wet and dirty um, to head into mahuika, where they go and collect the fire into the fire pit. So what about this one? That is so the tyre the crawl.
1: Crawl. crawl.
4: Yes, we've got a tyre crawl. There's um, 30 tractor tyres here, quite long. I don't want to point out the obvious um, and say our old Tupuna's name because, <laughs> you know, I don't want to depict her womanliness with a, just oh, the tyres. Right. <laughs> so uh, I'll okay. leave that to the imagination. Right, so that, that depicts when Maui crawled somewhere. <laughs> yes, as a lizard. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got that, then we've got then I head up to the hill. And up the hill they have... Um, they have a rope climb and that depicts they have to pull themselves up a good 100 metres up a steep hill depicting how Maui force, brought down the sun so they've got ropes set up there and um, the competitors are looking pretty naked now <laughs> and, and they, they look,
5: look <laughs> wasted
1: when they
4: come through the time and they're, and they're not doing. even finished the 5k <laughs> so um, they so they pull themselves up that hill using the rope trying to depict Maui and the sun it's a massive view up there it's beautiful and so you know as they climb up it's a bit scary too if you, you might get vertigo or scared of heights that really will test them and give them a challenge, and they head up the ridge of Waimarama. And so when they're at the top, we've got a, um, some signs up there, Maui and the Kereru, where it turns into a kereru and they and their voyage down that side of the ridge of the hill, and they've got a bird's eye view to... Um, awesome! Yeah, to you know, so if they can use their imagination and anticipate them, imagine themselves flying, because they have a pretty awesome view up there, and, and that's Maui and the Kereru. And then they come down. And then they come down, and um, that's the 14k. <laughs> and we've got awesome, we've um, been organising it for two months, so we've got you know 50 competitors. We're happy, we're happy for two months work and um, promotion that we've got 50 so it's ho- hopefully it will be a, a Maori spin on some adventure races yeah it's pretty neat yeah using our using our tupuna and our legends how did you come up with the different ideas around the like trying
1: to match the legend with the event so you know having the fire pit mahuika
4: yep okay yep we as Māori have got um, access to lots of lands, lots of resources, and I think we really, it's an untapped um, sport that our people could be doing as whānau. Yep. So we're doing this as a Farno group today. Uh, this is all on Farno land, um, the Farno of Waimarama and Waipuku Marae. We've also got Kahungunui Health Services who are here. Most of them are Farno anyway. So it's a really neat way to use their resources, bring their Farnos together. Um, and just, you know, there's, we've got heaps of legends. Let's tap into them. Other people are. Why can't we? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, just to... And it gives them a story. Let's remember, you know, Maui, the legend. He is a legend. It makes it a living thing, eh? Yeah, and it's us, you know. It's, we've got other gods that we put up in races that we do. You know, you've got the Iron Man. and Yeah, that's cool. Those were invented in the States. But here's something truly New Zealand and truly Maori.
0: Kia kaha Maui!
4: kaha, how do Maui? It
1: wasn't easy for the Maui tōtahi either. Hi! Maui, look at me! <laughs> Sorry. Oh, oh, hate me, eh? Hate me! I'm even hating me a little. Oh, look at you! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you're Tupuno like really proud <laughs> 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 oh, go. Yeah. You me. done, Maui! What's you know, Maui's not his Maui. real name, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I am also called him Maui all day. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> Maui. Were, that's what we call him, because he came <laughs> in his
4: glove, in his kiki. Tupuses oh, 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 oh. as Maui. Yeah. What's and his he, name? I don't know. Um, Think
1: it's
4: Gerald. And he had, he's
1: oh, had a tie high and everything, doing the cut out there, the, going for it. Good on Maui. you. they they calling him Maui. <laughs> he, um, on behalf, he he got nominated to come on behalf of his seven mates. Um, but I don't see any. Uh, of Where are there? they? <laughs> None of his mates turned up. Gee, the stink. they stink, they can't Maui even tatuple him. Yeah.
4: Coming through now is our next Maui legend. Yoda, okay. bro! <laughs> Way to go, bro. Nelly there. Almost there, bro. Nice. <laughs> yes.
2: Next time I'm wearing knee pads. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bad, bad
4: idea. Actually, it would be a good idea, bro. Next time I'll see my son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next time bring your son right. No wonder he went to Wakaama. <laughs> oh. I don't blame him.
3: Ah,
1: Tess. Oh too much. Legend, bro. That's better than sitting on the couch watching the uh-huh. replays of the
4: rugby. <laughs> um, and this is an opportunity for anybody, you know, in the fam in the in the in the urban areas. Flaxmere, Maraine, Camberley, to bring their kids out here and have a good awesome day at really no
0: cost at all, really. Yeah. 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 I was just think we should
1: have had an evaluation um yeah. for them to fill out after the after the event. Hey Stella, you don't think that's a bit much? <laughs> they just they just their guts out and then you want and then what you want more? <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, Steve Tahu, my name uh, no, Nō No, See, You were spinning it up large, eh?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I can remember the last time I've uh, done anything this active, but, uh, you know, it's all about getting out and being fit and active. Are you
1: going to be
2: back again next year? I'd say so, yeah, at this stage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably bring a bit more family along next time and tell a few more friends. Do you think this
1: is, um, this is an event? targeted
2: at all levels of fitness? Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah.
0: Like I thought, it was, I thought it was all legs until I got to that hill because you need that rope to help yourself up Then, oh man,
2: I was killing my back and shoulders, arms. <laughs> uh, um, yep, yeah, and uh, out on the beach we had to uh, walk out and round the buoy.
4: It was a bit of a challenge when you can't really swim. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with the
1: winner of the Māori Challenge 2010. Mike Bond so you are not like you're a, you're a bit of an athlete anyway how does this event stack out compared to other events
5: it was a fantastic event it was the first time I've actually uh, done anything like this with obstacles involved um, triathlons usually my, my ev- main event uh, which I've been at for about 23 years now so it certainly stacks up against the triathlons I've done in the past
1: so on Liverpool man's team, if one was stink and ten was, it was amazing. Where
5: would you rate it? I would say it was a, a nine, at least a nine. What about in terms of difficulty? Uh, yeah, a lot of the uh, the obstacles that uh, were on the course, that certainly took the energy out of your legs. Um, they had to rethink the swim, the the Maui fishing part way through. Because actually, myself and the second place guy, they'd, they'd realised that it was too deep so they brought brought the boy back in um, but yeah the obstacles are very good and uh, I think uh, they've done a very good job of organising the, this event
1: So what time did you end up doing it in?
5: Uh, 51 minutes and something like just just short of 52 minutes So are you
1: pleased with your time? Yeah very
5: pleased Yeah, It's uh, always nice to be the, f- the first winner of a, the f- of a first event The inaugural, the inaugural event. event Yeah, <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> Nobody will ever be able to so they've they done that you
1: see. Kia ora. Some of the participants from the Maui Challenge held in Waimata Mahawks Bay a few weeks back. You heard Mike Bond, Wakum Paul and Steve Tahu. And the whanau from Ngāti Kahununu Health Services, Beverly Tehuia, her mum Ellen Tehuia, Evelyn Rapaia and Stella and Leslie Hokianga. You guys were wicked and I'll see y'all next year. At our
0: website radionz.co.nz forward slash teahika, we have photos of the challenge. And while you're there, why not join up for our weekly newsletter to discover what will be on the
1: show? Who knows? There might be someone in your whānau. I'm Justin Murray. I'm Mariah Rakaraku, and you're with Teahika on Radio New Zealand National. Kei te
0: Tippi Wehi Pehana is a pretty cool Māori dude. He teaches Tayaha and maurako in ōtaki, performed with the musicians Tauera, and now runs Río FM,
1: a Māori radio station in ōtaki. Where the kaupapa is to promote music, te reo Māori, and provide a voice for pānui in the rohe. Tippi credits those who have
0: blazed the trail before him, like his mentor Te Piki Kiyama, who also wrote songs for the group Tauera. Then the station Radio FM even named
1: an on-air studio after him. Justin caught up with Tippi at the station last year.
2: Hi, called Tippi because he began to talk with uh, The way he kuya, aku ngati rangitane ki waera, aku ngati kuya kitehora kungati aku ngati rau tonga. The way he could talk korawa, ikuku na iwi. Uh, Itupumayawi e Real uh, uh, FM, ki otaki, keeping it real. So, mm. tibi, what, what's your
0: role here? Well, uh,
2: this morning I've been taking out the rubbish, I've been washing the dishes. Um, I've been answering The phone at the reception desk uh, I think they call it a station manager <laughs> So there are two of us That manage the station Corey Stickle and I And we've been in the roles Of dual managers Or co-managers since um, March And uh, it's a, it's an exciting role First and foremost But it's also a challenging role as well Today, what Okawa has a bigger history than at FM and that history goes back to, in terms of broadcasting, 1985 in May, when the initial Te Reo Raukawa was set up down at Te Wananga Raukawa and back then I was only a young teenager, and we have a a cope. Kaup- well, we had a cope kaup- up a running here called Whakatupuranga Ruamano, Generation 2000, and that was devised by the Otaki and Purirua Trust Board, and the trustees of the Raukawa Marae. Headed by Professor Fatarangi Wunyata. Basically it was a twenty-five year program from seventy-five to two thousand. And I guess Tereo Lokawa grew out of that. In nineteen eighty five, the program was then only ten years old and it was just a natural progression and part and parcel of Fakatupu Mano, the Generation two thousand program. So back then in eighty five we were part of what was known as Huiranga Tahi and huirumaki, which was part of the strategic plan to upskill our, our teenagers with te reo, Tikanga and and the other necessary things to to get an education and in turn attain qualifications. So anyway, there we were in nineteen eighty five at Tyrel Orokawa. And back then the likes of Piripi Walker were running the show. There were a whole lot of others that were DJing at the time and they were the first students of Te Wānanga. So the, the Wānanga opened in 80 or 81 and the first students became part of the staff of Te Reo part of the
0: announcing crew.
2: Aye, the DJs, everything. um, The cooks... <laughs> um, the jingle makers, the production team. It was so much fun back then. It was really cool. It was raw. It was hearty. It was, no one was trained. Uh, everyone was learning as they were going. So we were making ads on tape decks, uh, revving up cars for sound effects. sound effects and all that sort of thing. It was so cool. It was really cool.
0: Real grassroots level stuff.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Was... The,
0: the level of te was wicked. Like... Well, fresh out of Wananga into a OB unit, or
2: yeah. Well, the Te Reo Raukawa was based at the Wananga. The Back then, the Wananga wasn't as big as it is now in terms of its geography and also its student numbers. But still, the buzz was as big. I reckon it was probably bigger then than it is now. Uh, te Mouti ka Tupa Te Mouti, Yahumai Te Mouti here awa. Mm. Nareka tupu Te hia here. Te korengo, uh, irotu I I te rawa, and it was cool. And to cut a long story short, that's led us to this stage here. There was a lot of background work that was done with Nga Kaifakapumao Itereo, uh, Piripi Walker, Fataringi Winiata, and they talked spectrum well before it became the common term used today. Um, back then, though, our Kuya and our Karawa were alive and they talk about Langiate, te, kōpere, i heria Mai, e te wako Tainui. And it's funny because the spectrum we talk about today uh, refers to, I guess, the rainbow and uh, the airwaves. And I remember our kui and our were saying, well, how come those planes and those gliders can fly across our marai there? Because the marai, as you know, in their mind, went from the ground to the sky. And so all these things come through our airspace. And, and I guess the point they were making was they didn't ask permission. They just did it. Then how come all of a sudden, in this day and age, we have to apply for, for spectrum and spectrum broadcast and... Uh, Licence. Exactly. So I guess, you know, our, our kui and our korowa saw all of that back then. They just understood it in a different way that we understand it today. So the fight has been a long fight. There's only one iwi radio, and this is it, Te slash Reo FM. Okay. So Reo FM is our... Is our broadcasting name. Okay. Te Reo raukawa is... Te Reo raukawa, just like...
0: Te Reo Irirangi or Tainui? Ai, kuia. Ah, mm.
2: um, uh, right, okay. Ai. So, Reo FM is our branding name. Sorry, is our branding name. Um, keeping it there? Does that mean we are 100% Te Reo Māori? Kauri. In fact, um, it's, predo- it's more Pākehā than it is Te Reo Māori. Uh, for a number of reasons... We are catering yes to our iwi, but not all of our iwi. kōrero or Māori, mm. and we have to be mindful of that fact. Yet we also have to balance that with the fact that we are an iwi radio station, and we need we are a part of a strategic language plan, and the FM has to factor that in as well. So we um, eventually will get up to around about forty percent Te Reo Māori, in order to be a um, uh, to play our part in the in the uh, uh, strategic plan for Te Reo Māori for the Rohe. Mm. Um, May 2008 we launched and it was cool. We had a really good day. Ka mai te 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 tau toko. And the name of our studio, well it has a name first and foremost. The name of the studio is Te Pikikotuku, which is the name of one of uh, uh, Te Pikikotuku Kereama was his name, and he was one of the very first students of Te Wānanga o Raukawa. and back then there were no resources, there wasn't a lot of resources for the students of Te Wānanga o Raukawa. and Piki has a musical background from his from his um, parents. He decided that he was going to form a band with fellow students and his whānau that he knew were band members, and they created a band called Tauida. Tauida. Tauida, and Tauida had hits like Himālīa Ho. Oh, Himālīa
0: Ho. Himālīa
2: Ho. Tiwi. Picky pretty much wrote all of those songs. Picky is responsible for pff, easily three hundred plus songs, compositions. Um, he sadly passed away too soon in two thousand and two, but he left a legacy, and with FM is a part of that. And so we have named the studio. After Piki, the Piki Kotiku, and um, Ka Hoki, because it's the music of Piki and the inspiration that he left for us to compose, to be involved in music, and Waiata and Te Reo Māori that we uh, emit from the studio here.
0: Because Ōtaki, okay. there's groups like Iwi and Kimo is from here, Keelan Ransfield... And they Aye. did some pretty amazing stuff back in the <laughs> early 90s.
2: Yes, um, Iwi was formed in 1995, uh, and that was a progression from Tauira. I was in Tauira in 87 as, as, a, as a teenager. Um, I just loved the vibe that Tauira created, and it had this huge following, and I wanted to be a part of it. From Tauira, uh, Iwi was born. And because I was still young enough to be in Tawira, uh, by the time 1995 came around, we formed Iwi. With Kimmo and Keelan and Tasha Hammond and Hika Pene and, and a whole lot of other whanau, uh from that time. Um, Taiohi is another group that was formed out of that. Um, they're like the third generation, Takitoru is another group from here. Now, Takitoru group of three singers. Um, Angie Stretch, she's one of our DJs here. Charlotte Simmons, used to be our DJ, but gone back up to Helcom and Roy Mata Kereuma, who is Picky's sister. So they were formed. So yes, Ōtaki Ngāti has quite a huge um, number of rōpū, weiata Māori. And um, Tawida was the Tawida. Tawida mm-hmm. was the example that, uh, we all We all tried to attain, and um as I say, Picky was a student hence the word tawira, but there weren 't any resources so he he just took the bull by the horns and says well i 'm just going to create some and um that 's what he did, yeah see back in the day of tawira, in the days of picky, uh Picky was radical, and when I say he was a radical i don 't mean he went out there and flew flags and you know, he was radical in that he was writing about material that no one else was writing about. It was relevant to Dal Maori, it was relevant to a student of Tereo Maori in the eighties, early eighties, it was relevant to our Rohe, it was pertinent to the decline of Tereo Maori, me, o, me ngā ngāti um, it was it was good meaty kopapa stuff. Nowadays it's all sun, the stars and the moon and et de tow te out there. That's cool, but oroto, kitaku
0: Can you think of a lyric? Um it's up I hate to put you on the spot, but
2: In terms of a wayata of or
0: from Tawita that, you know
2: probably... one of the um Well Piki, when he wrote Wayata, he the 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 message was always the the message of the waiata was always the title of the song. For example, Waiho. Waiho. Rere ana te awa, Waiho. Menga moana. Waiho. Uh, Kamate ngā ringaringa. Waiho. And that was a simple message for non-Maori to stop polluting our rivers and our seas. Waiho, leave it alone. You can't get any more blatant, blunt than that. Very um, true. Another wayata that picky wrote was a song called Hearo Haki Tiwi. And that was a wayata that picky wrote for our queer and our karaua because they were our, well, I, I'm, I'm of the second tier, the second generation. Picky and Ko were the tier above us. The tier above them was our matua. So they became all the teachers, and as you know, komatu matua are hard teachers. You don't ask questions, you just take it as it is. If you don't understand it too bad, you'll work it out later on. <laughs> yep. And so um, Picky wrote that song, He Auro Haki diwi uh, for those of our komatu matua that gave so much in the early 80s. They were old, um, they were tired, mm. but they kept coming and coming and coming for the sake and the benefit of... Those first students of Tewanang o of which Piki was one of them, so when we came along in the mid to late 80s, Picky and Co had developed their own ways of teaching Te Reo Māori, which made it easier for us. It wasn't as hard-lined as it was with the Kōmātua. It was a lot more fun, exciting. It was rosy. It was cheerful. They were. Um, they developed new ways of learning. It was cool. It was really, really cool. So they left that example and that legacy for us. And we've brought all, brought all that here to Te Reo FM. We aren't funded by Te Māngai I was going
0: to ask you, yeah.
2: Kaho, no, as you know, Te Māngai fund 21 iwi radio yep. stations, and we're not part of the 21. Um, we got an initial grant from the Puri Kōkiri to establish Te Reo Raukawa this time round, um, which grew into Reo FM. And... Yes, yeah, so we, we have to work very hard. We have to work very hard. Um, we do our own promotions, as most EV radio stations do. But when you're doing it on a shoestring budget, it makes it even harder. So, um, But we've got an awesome team. Um, all our DJs have been grown here at Ngāti Raukawa, have come through Whakatupuranga Rua Mano. We are all aware of the cause the kaupapa uh, and this is just an extension of that passion that they all have to promote te reo Māori to promote waiata uh, to entertain um, and I think that's what's led us to this point today we're still here
5: Mm.
2: we've got a really good board um, very supportive and they know the position that we're in as well so everyone's working very hard at board level management level and staff level to try and um keep this going after the budget runs out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that you guys always forecast ahead of time, you that you would have to do really. Oh, eh? definitely.
2: Definitely. We definitely do that. So we've just got a um uh well not just got but our promotions guy Parky Heke, He's got some awesome ideas, awesome vision. So he's been able to commit to Reo Fm a lot more now. So um We'll get there, we'll get there. It's just going to take a lot. It's um, just going to be a bit harder than it does for other E. B. radio stations, knowing that we don't have that money from TMP to yeah. to assist with all. But we will get there.
0: Yeah. And so, can we call it all about your um the staff numbers and the.
2: Yep, we have 11 staff. Um, we have our morning, our breakfast DJ, Hika Pende ngati kofata, ngati takihiku, ngati rokoa. Uh, Mike Del Nocito, so he does the six to nine shift, and then we have community shows from nine to nine thirty. And on um, this morning was the Otaki PHO, so they talk about their services. For example, we have Te Runanga O Raukawa; they talk about their services. We will have a law show, and then there's some other shows as well. Well, as you can see, I mean the the sheer location of the radio station; it's right. Off the footpath, yeah, you know, in um, yeah, in the middle of Otaki, we have our queer in our come oh. in just to come and have a have a rest, have a drink of water, use the wharepaku um, So it's an open door policy. Oh,
0: far not whānau. only
2: here but also in the studio as well. So if anyone comes in here that needs to plug something, um, you know, to to as long as it's um, yeah. pluggable I guess, <laughs> then we'll just say how to make it to studio and uh, kako
0: Kia ora, te wehi paihana no Ngāti Rangitane, Ngāti Raukawa me Ngāti Tukorehe.
1: Much is made of Māori living traditionally in papakāinga, or villages, which to me sounds like bliss. Nothing like everyone pitching together, and the ultimate, hanging out with your whānau all day. It did have its drawbacks, though,
0: Mariah. For instance, when influenza hit Aotearoa post-World War I, its effect on Māori was devastating due to the speed it swept through papakāinga, which was
1: because we lived communally. Mm. Take that, add an urbanisation in the 1960s and 1970s, and you have a papakainga system that's gradually eroded. I'm talking with Kay Marie Dunn, the Kai Tui National Māori Housing Manager for Community Housing Aotearoa. te koe, Te, Te Nā And next week, your organisation's hosting the National Māori Housing Conference in Rotorua. Now, what is Community Housing Aotearoa?
3: Community Housing Aotearoa is a national umbrella group and we represent uh, a range of community-based organisations that are involved in housing, have an interest or significant interest in housing, uh, or also involved in delivering a range of uh, housing-related services. So our role as an organisation is to represent the the needs or views of our membership, and uh, we either do that via. Uh, delivering services or uh, developing research um, and also uh, more primarily focusing on advocacy for the sector. So if there are key themes or trends that we can identify um, that are going to have an impact on our membership um, and affordable housing issues, then um, that is something that we will advocate to government or to whatever stakeholder is involved in that particular issue.
1: Now the conference that is being held in Rosedale next week. What's that about?
3: So the Māori housing conference. Uh, our kaupapa is um, no terodo naku terodo, which is around um, firstly acknowledging that our communities have the, the their own answers in relation to their own housing needs. So our key kaupapa on this is how can we share collectively these uh, ideas and also um, connect with proven leaders um, on the ground who've actually successfully developed uh, housing projects uh, within their communities. Uh, The key kaupapa is we're going to be uh, presented to uh, by a range of different specialists, um, but also there are practical workshops, so... um, people that are interested in building a papakainga, they'll be able to connect with uh, individuals and whānau that have developed their own papakainga from scratch, uh, access to Kainga toolkits, um, to learn more about the kainga whenua lending product, um, and also um, a range of other opportunities that other iwi are engaging in, such as um, trade training, uh, joint ventures. That soon after to love will be talking about um, their iwi, uh Awa, and how they've actually engaged in joint ventures with other organisations like Kiwi Bank and Housing New Zealand, um, and leveraging their resources to actually develop uh, affordable housing solutions for their for their people. Yeah.
1: What is the Maori housing situation?
3: Well, uh, it's pretty dire. I mean, that's that's the reality of it on many different levels. I mean, there's a heck of a lot of positive development. So um, there are lots of uh, community hapū iwi groups that are involved in housing. Um, Whether or not they're actually directly involved in affordable housing or what they may call social housing, which is um, subsidised housing for whānau, I don't have too much data on that. Um, But... Our we are involved. Um, many are involved in the commercial end, so um, some are involved in, in retirement villages and um, more kind of high-level property investments. Um, and then there are others that are doing mahi, um, so they've joined with government organisations like Housing New Zealand and they're doing retrofitting. Retrofitting is um, uh, insulation, home insulation, um, home ownership, education, um, and also just... Finishing off um, some work around rural housing, so um, they work with Housing New Zealand to actually do up houses that um, that are in need. But it's it's very patchy, you know. So some areas it's, it's working really well, and some aren't. And when I say dire, from the research that we've done so far, uh, basically the the highest level of housing need is in urban areas, and that's going to expand. Um, housing New Zealand commissioned a, a housing trends report, and they identified that. Solo mothers um, and uh, urban, you know, the urban drift uh, are the two key areas of concern for housing and, and the increase of um, of need of housing stock. And then you've got rural needs. So um, we've got uh, back in around the 80s and 90s, they were doing a lot of queer co developments around marae and um, a lot of those. Um, are, are dilapidated um, and a lot of those farno do don't live in those areas anymore, they've gone into the city so so that's one um, thing to consider um, but I do know um, in Taitokero there is some third world living conditions for many whānau um, but not just there, I mean all over the place um, and that's just based on some of the feedback that I've received from some of our members that um, that there needs to be some concerted focus and concentration on Eliminating, um, you know, third world conditions for our people.
1: You know what I'm not clear on though, uh, k Marie, is if the Māori economy is getting stronger. eh? Mm. You mentioned it earlier. The stuff around, um, you know, we're coming into Waitangi claim settlements, uh, Māori businesses. If the economy is growing and is strengthening, why then? Are our housing needs like just what you just said? Third world condition.
3: I, I mean, I think it's all um, contextual, Ace. Eh? So um, there are some really strong developments, for example, in Torrington Moana They're doing a lot of really positive uh, papakainga and housing developments and Queer Co housing. So that's a very good example. For the for some of the other bigger um, iwi, um, I guess it's around having um, you know. Uh, are we having a, a housing strategy? Some do, um, and some have been working to that really well. For example, um, Tidunung or they have a housing strategy, and they're in the midst of developing an innovative housing project. Um, and of course, you know the, they've just um, signed their AIP agreement and principle for their treaty claim. So there is some potential there. Um, I think, and this is my own ficaro. I just I, I, I basically think that uh, we haven 't actually had the dialogue the strong dialogue among our people yet around housing, and that 's what the conference is about is to start that dialogue at least um, and then to really get the the voices of the people on the ground and to ensure that our EU leadership groups are listening to what 's actually happening um, and how they can actually support leverage um, and total so that our people
1: aren 't living in those conditions anymore, okay, so I come from a um, rural community in the Bay Plenty, and if someone was to come there they that 'd say that you know a lot of the whanau live in um, dire conditions um, but what, what, a couple of years ago, I remember a housing survey went around the valley. And it was, you know, um, are you happy with where you're living, Uh, how many people live here, Uh, what's the insulation like? You know, because in some of the whare, it's pretty rugged.
4: Mm, Yes.
1: And so, you know, on one hand, uh, the whānau were filling out surveys like that. And then on the other hand, you had government policy that was coming through saying, you know, these were whānau members who had made an active choice to remain at home. And then on the other hand, you had government policy coming through saying that unless they were they had full-time jobs, they had to leave the papakainga. No and so what we were finding is that there was a conflict with some government policy of different government agencies. Yep. I mean, sure, we can get the iwi to support and call, but if you've got that, those kind of dynamics happening often the, you know, poor people are the ones that get caught in the crossfire.
3: Mm, So right. I mean, you are correct. It's interesting because when they blacklisted all those key areas, the rural areas where...
1: My Valley was blacklisted.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, that was around ensuring that people didn't go to a place to be on the dole, so they, they weren't, you know, so they weren't working. Um, and they weren't making conscious choices to return home, and that does conflict directly with um, you know an inherent desire to return to the Hawkeina,
1: which is so about strengthening your own iwi. And if you're being, if the barriers are coming up that are preventing you from doing that, you know some people are looking. Some of my family were looking at it this way: oh, they're trying to purposefully keep us away from home so we don't get, we don't build any iwi strength.
3: Kilda. Well, that's right. I mean, that can be something that we should consider much more deeply, but I absolutely agree. And so that's where we need to start advocating uh, quite clearly, and, and it's about having that collective concerted voice um, at one level, but again, it's also about how Alfano and hapū are actually having that dialogue among themselves. So when you said that there was a survey going around, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Somebody's actually actively collecting information and finding out what the need is within that community. So there's that one level. And in order for uh, government agencies to respond, they can only respond based on evidence, based on need. So, so you've got those two factions there. And then you've also got, as you said before, the conflicting policy of saying, well, actually, if you decide to move back there, uh, we can't support you to do that. Therefore, that then kind of rolls back on on the iwi shoulders, the runanga shoulders, to create some sort of economic base um, to also help sustain the housing. Now, I also know that iwi are doing that. Um, that's part and parcel of their strategising for housing, and I, I think it will be um, quite naive for us to not think about how to create our own economic base. Um, but again, I think. It is contextual and it depends on each area. But if people, if the whānau and hapu are talking at least and saying, well, look, if we're going to, if we move back to our, to the hōkainga and we want to strengthen our hapu and our iwi, then how are we actually going to sustain ourselves? What resources can we utilise um, to enable us to do that? And then the other part of that is, um, what kind of housing can we develop so that it doesn't mean that we're going to be shackled by um, huge mortgages that we can't afford um, or get houses moved onto a land that we can't maintain and then they get moved off again. So one of the key things about the conference is, um, is about connecting our, our delegates up with information around affordable alternative housing. So housing doesn't actually have to cost an arm and a leg. It can actually still be safe, secure, warm and dry, uh, but not actually cost a great deal. Um, and that 's happening in lots of different s- satellite communities but i 'd like to what i 'd like to see is um, is more whānau look at other options and other alternatives and um, and sweet equity you know that 's not a new thing for us. I mean they did a lot of sweet equity work around um, or here What's um, sweet equity sweet equity is when um, the whānau do the mahi, so um, they put the mahi in they um, source the the resource from their own finua, might be their own timber might be um, earth for uh, you know mud bricks, um, they'd source all that. They would build that, um, usually in, with support from um, from a suitably qualified individual, and they would build that whare, and so in turn it would build the no they would build their own whare, but also they could contain costs. Now, that in itself is not a new idea, because they used to do that in the 90s and early two thousand they were doing that in Torere, and that was called Kapahanga Kaina, and so they've actually had lots of fantastic housing initiatives. Um, but you know, change of government, change of government policy, we we lose those. And so there's been lots and lots and lots of great positive initiatives. But interestingly, they only get to go so far, and then the rug gets pulled out. Yeah, that's my i for Cattle too.
1: Yeah, because I remember um, there was a there was a housing project up at Ruatahuna, yes. and these beautiful, huge whare were being built, right, but the mortgages were almost take your breath away uh, not sustainable for the families who were who were getting these houses done, mm. so that in the end many of the families actually had to leave the papakainga yep. to work to pay for the houses, so the houses were remaining empty,
3: yeah, I mean that's you know that's a reality, mm. um, and that's something again. Uh, government needs to consider is um, you know are the mortgages that have been. I mean, I was actually in saying that they've learned that lesson. You know, that, yeah. that's actually that's a that's a lesson learned, and it was a hard one because you are right. In order, it needs to have the um, rural lending uh, deposit program, and that was where you'd have to go through a training program. Um, Yeah,
1: that's right, because they were doing that up at the Hokianga as well. Yeah, training Mm -hmm.
3: program. Then you'd be eligible for finance, uh, and then some you could not have to pay a deposit, and then they'd move the house on. But they couldn't sustain – many whānau couldn't sustain the mortgage. But also the houses that were built weren't actually suitable for the conditions um, so I had one comment that said, you know, it's like chipboard.
1: Oh, th- you know what they call them at home? They call them wheatbix houses. Wheatbix houses because yes. the, um, the floorboards uh, start—they get wet, they start yes. rotting, and it starts—it starts to look like wheatbix.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. So, um, so I do know that there is a project happening at the moment where they're just trialling out some different kinds of building methods to see how one it can be affordable, but also um, it can last in the conditions particularly right there in the in the uruwetas and all around Tuhuiland so So that'll be something that we can watch eagerly. Over the
1: past week, I've been reading a number of reports from com, and what was really um, becoming apparent to me as I was reading them, you can correct me if I'm wrong or right, is yep. it seems to me that success for Māori when it comes to housing is viewed through home ownership. Yes, now, okay, so that's a, you know, that's a view, but that's not necessarily the end product in terms of living within a Māori community. Whether you actually own your own home.
3: Well that's right i mean and, and again, see I, I say it's very contextual for some uh whānau and hapu home ownership is what it's all about, you know that once you've got your home and your mortgage mm. and you're locked in for thirty years, then you know then you're you're on that path um, <clears throat> looking at the markets today <laughs> looking at the markets and the trends of housing, home ownership has been rapidly decreasing mm. and falling, and for maori it's you know it's 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 falling even more rapidly. Um, and yet, our mortgage sales for Māori is increasing dramatically. Um, so, I think for some, that's really important. Um, and, and then that raises a question about, um, you know, our economic now. I mean, is it sensible that we that that we um, get our whānau to be uh, heavily in debt, um, and then does that then give you a sense of, um, you know, of, of wellness or wealth? by being in that system, or are there actually other systems that um, that we could be looking at that could uh, give us the same result but actually not cost five times the, the value of the house? For example, um, there's an organisation called um, Prometheus Ethical Finance and they um, were working on a pilot project um, of a... Uh, It was like a sweet equity program, but in essence, the whānau would collectively put their own money together um, in a a bank account, and then they would use that pūtea to build their first house, so they did that for their um, their fire, and um, they used their own resources, and they built the house themselves. So they were able to build um, at least their first house for less than $100,000, and sweet equity is the work that the whānau put in, and that actually has a value added to it as well. Um, and so that worked really well, that whānau could do that it was affordable for them but the nitty gritty of that is the whānau actually need to be able to talk to each other, um, to come up with some agreement, you've got a whole lot of legal and most importantly financial uh, requirements and you know, I don't know about you but i but I, I have a um an interesting fund, and when finance and money comes into it you know we we're, we're not as um, civil to one another sometimes, <laughs> so you know houses, is big money eh? and and it's usually the biggest investment that you 're going to make, but that's only one layer you're right. The other um issues that we have um, facing facing our people in regards to housing is homelessness um and whānau coming out of prisons yes. and not you know, transitioning out of prison into their own whare. Um and then also with a strong desire to go back home to the haukainga. So again, how do iwi prepare themselves for that? How do we firstly um, support our whānau to maintain if they're going to get a mortgage and they want to be successful as a homeowner, how can quite possibly them or government um, develop programmes that can support whānau to maintain that? And I understand uh, TPK have quite to which could possibly um, be doing that in the future um, you've got um, you know how how will how will iwi how and Farno welcome you know Farno that have come out of prison you know and they want to go home how how will they prepare themselves for that what housing's available for them to do that um, and then we've got homelessness and so that's another big issue of um Hede. Māori, mm. Mm. you know, Māori and somebody else's um, whenua, um, how do taurihere look after their own mm. particularly, when, you know, homeless whānau at the soup kitchen, you know, I see Māori, so how do we also keep an eye on and tautoko mana finua to support our whānau that are living in their city um, homeless quite possibly you know, in, in difficulty so there's a range of um, of questions that have to be raised, and also a range of uh, planning and strategies and actions that need to take place at a grassroots level too.
1: Now, some of the speakers that you have um, get up for the conference next week—they're going to be talking to some of those issues.
3: Uh, yes, Sam Chapman uh, and Cheryl Connell. Sam Chapman is the executive director of the Affifano Trust. Um, he has uh, been involved in the development of an urban public uh there in South Auckland. Um, the AFI Trust, I believe, do a lot of work um, supporting um, far knowing children in need, uh, kind of like you know, if you sponsor a child um, in Africa, where well, you can sponsor a child in Māngere. Or maruka, you know, something like that. So that's something that uh, I know Sam's been involved in. He's been involved in working um, in prisons, um, and he's also been working quite closely with the notorious chapter of the Mongol mob and been supporting their whānau to get well um, and also to um, to look at um, mahi and, and housing opportunities. So that's what he'll be talking to. And Cheryl Connell um, will be talking... Uh, she's, she's a qualified lawyer but also involved in the same work. Um, she's going to be speaking about um, the actual development of housing, the reality of housing for urban, urban whānau. And I thought it really important to, to, that we include that, or our organisation did, because that's where the greatest needs are that we can identify. Um, but again, it, it will just be raising issues. Will, after the hui, you know, it will still then come down to people on the ground to actually um, put some stuff into action. Our National Māori Housing Conference is tomorrow at Te Papaioru Marae in Rotorua, Lake Ohenemotu. Uh The hui uh, starts at 11am with our pōwhiri, and it finishes on Wednesday the 24th at 1pm. Uh, my name is Kei-Marie Dunn. Uh, I te taha o tōku mama, no ngaita Manuhiri, no Ngai koi uh, no Ngāti mahangaho i te taha tōku papa no terarawa rarawa me ngā o ku iwi. No reira, e hoa mā, uh, ngā whānau, ngā hapu, o te motu, tēnā koutu katoa.
1: If you're around,
0: it may be worth checking it out. At our webpage, radioNZ.co.nz forward slash
1: te there's more details. Ko te piwihi peihana anō mi te a te whakatauki.
2: So don't waste time And get out there and do it for the betterment of the people So I guess the message from that particular line of Piki's wayata Is there's far too much work to be done in our rohe And we shouldn't rest on our laurels Ko tōku
0: in a fortnight's time, we'll have the curator of Māori and Pacific art, Ruben Friend, from the Wellington City Gallery, reviewing The Frangipani Is Dead,
1: Contemporary Pacific Art in New Zealand. And don't forget, next week is our love special, which some may think is a domain reserved only for the young. Well, not according to the here, queer Julie Dwyer.
4: The very sophisticated 18-year-old that I was. I took out of my bag a tin which contained... Fifty cigarettes. you Right on. 50 so I waggled the lid off and I walked over to this lovely-looking Pākehā man and I offered him a cigarette. And much to my horror, he had a bit of a grin and said, No, thank you.
0: Jeez, what an interesting encounter that was. Julie will be joining
1: us with her husband, Mike. Next week, and they're still going strong after fifty three years, Justine. Fifty three years, amazing. And, and who are some of the other talent that you've got lined
0: up? So we have uh, Professor Dame Anne Salmond, um, writer Anton Blanc. Uh, we also have Poor Wai Kens and and um, I went to speed dating. Well, that sounds like a hard case and a half, Justine. It was amazing speaking to all the the different. Um, people who actually really opened up to me about their
1: experiences and finding love. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> so join us next week. That's on Te Ahikā next Sunday. E te iwi kuatai anō ki te kapina a Te
0: Ahikā. Ka tuku mihi ki kai kōrero i tēnei wiki, ki ngā kai whakahaere mihini,
4: ngā mihi.
1: Hoki mai hei te rātura, tapu. Mauri ora tātou katoa.